In this week's parasha, it describes how the Jewish people saw the Egyptians that they were dead at the shore of the Yamsuf. The Medrash says, because it says that they were dead on the shore of the Yamsuf, it means that they only died after they washed up on the shore. They didn't die inside the water. First, the water washed them up onto the shore, and they were sort of almost dead, and they actually died afterwards, once they were already on the shore. So the Haflor, the Balaflor, in Sefer Panim Yofis, asked, why did the to make it that way? Why did the to make sure that they stay alive until they're washed up on the shore and then they died? And he gives three halachic reasons. Uh, fascinating halachic reasons. What, what was the purpose of this? One reason he gives is that in essence, we know that the Egyptians owed the Jewish people a lot of money for wages, for 210 years of labor. As we know from the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Geviyah ben Pesisa told Alexander the Great that when the Egyptians tried to sue the Jews for taking all their kalim, when they left Egypt, they borrowed all this stuff and they never brought them back. They sued the Jews. And Geviyah ben Pesisa defended the Jews and said to Alexander, well, look, they, they need them for their wages. The, the Egyptians owed them so much money. In fact, all the, all the gold and silver we took out from the Egyptians is not even enough to cover the wages that they owe us. So we know that they owed us money, but on the other hand, they're also high of Misa, because uh, they, they tortured us, they killed us, they killed our babies. And the deal is that that somebody uh, commits an act of crime for which there is both uh, a liability of money, a financial liability, and at the same time, there is also an additional liability which involves the death penalty, we don't make him pay for the financial liability because it's called calmly with the rabbi It's a famous principle in Shas, right? That you give him the harsher punishment and the harsher punishment subsumes the, the financial punishment, the financial fine. So in essence, the Egyptians were exempt from paying for us. But there is a halacha that even though this principle is, is, is valid and that if somebody, let's say... Uh, in the, and in the process of killing him, he also damages his property. Let's say he, he ruins his suit in the process of killing him. So we don't have to pay for this suit because he's, he, he incurred a, a death penalty for killing the person. For the same act, you don't incur two levels of punishment, a financial and a, a, life, a life punishment. So the, the question, so in essence... The Egyptians wouldn't have to pay us anything because they are guilty of the death penalty because they killed us, they killed our children. But the halacha is that even if somebody like that is not liable for the financial damage he caused, he's still, uh, if, if the victim, or the victim's heirs, the ones who the money is owed to, uh, grab, take the money, Without authorization, they go and they seize. They they have an opportunity to seize the property of the of the criminal, of the perpetrator. Then, but after the fact, we don't take it back from them. That means a priori, we don't. Bezin doesn't make the criminal pay for the financial loss because he has incurred a much harsher punishment. But if the victim went ahead on his own, 
and unilaterally uh, found a way to seize some of the property and belongings of the perpetrator to compensate himself for the financial loss, then we let him keep it. So when the Jews took the, the gold and silver out of Egypt, although in a court of law the Egyptians couldn't be uh, made to pay their wages because they had a much harsher punishment hovering over them, but if once the Jews took their money, they were allowed to keep it because in essence, the guy owes the money, just the courts don't get involved in two types of punishments. But it's not that they, the perpetrator doesn't owe it, he owes it. So if the victim seizes the money, then he's entitled to it. So says the law, just like the money they took out of Egypt when they borrowed the gold and silver, it says by the, by the yam, they also um, took a lot of the gold and the silver off the bodies of the uh, Egyptians and the horses and the chariots. It says there was business ayam was even greater than the spoils they took from Egypt. The spoils which they got by the, by the shore of the Yamsuf was greater than the spoils they got in, 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 Eretz, in Eretz Mitzrayim. And this is also all, again, in compensation for all the wages. But if the Egyptians had died in the water, then we would be no longer entitled to that money. Because now that money, that money no longer belongs to them. They're dead. You can't just seize property from someone who owes you money, but also has uh, hovering over his head a death penalty. Once they're already dead, um, that they don't longer owe you any money. So they had to be alive so that we can seize that those spoils before they die. So then the halacha would be that even though it's come lebe the the money would be ours. This is one halachic issue. Another halachic issue, he says, it seems from the Medrash that every single Jew at the shore of the Yamsuf recognized the Egyptian that was directly involved in uh, uh, subjugating him and making, uh, he was in, was in charge of him and made him work. So in other words, every Jew was able to go and collect from the gold and silver that was on the body of the very Egyptian that was in charge of his uh, uh, servitude. And which means that that Egyptian was his, uh, you can say, employer that owed him the wages. But how would you know who is my, how can they recognize after they drowned? There's a halachim that if a man is lost, is drowned in the sea, he has a wife. But we want to know whether he's for sure dead, whether she can get married to someone. She's an aguna, right? We want to know. So two witnesses say they saw a man with certain facial uh, markings. So the halach is if the markings uh, match the, the signs of, of the identity of the husband, then she can get married based on that testimony. Because their testimony, based on facial uh, um, features, and, and certain injuries or something that he had, like markings, like maybe birthmarks, if, he can, if they can identify them, then we use that to prove that he's dead. But if the person drowned in the water and died in the water, and he had some injuries on his face, then the water, it says, after death, right immediately after death, the water causes the injuries to um, expand and uh, disfigure 
his the the face of the deceased to an extent that you cannot really recognize him. So if people say that they have seen a person with and on his face with these these injuries, if the person had died inside the water, we we don't rely on that. So therefore, if the Egyptians had died, since the Egyptians have gone through a lot of injuries through the process, you know, falling into the water and the and and the wagon and the Markovoisov, it was it was a they, they were probably bruised. So dying in the water would have defaced their 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 image, their face to such an extent that a Jew who sees the Egyptian on the shore would not recognize who his employer was, so that he can collect from him his wages. So it, that's why Hashem made it that they didn't die in the water. They they, they survived, barely survived um, the drowning, and they were thrown onto the shore and only died afterwards. So before they died, they were able to recognize them, and that's how they were able to collect their wages. That's the second ex- explanation. Here comes the third one. The din is that even a non-Jew, there's the laws of Yerusha, inheritance. And the halacha is that um, when a person owes money to someone else, and the, the debtor the, the debtor dies, now the creditor wants to come and collect money from the estate of the deceased who owed him money. But now the estate is, owed, is owned by the, by the heirs, by the Yorshim. The halacha is that from land property he can collect because land property has been leaned to the loan all along right from the time of the debt uh, haloch is that the land property is leaned to the loan so even if he dies and the property the estate is now transferred to the next generation to the heirs but the the, the there's a lien against the land so he can collect the, the credit can go from the to, and confiscate some of the land from the heirs in lieu of, of, his, of the debt that their father owed him. But a mobile property, metaltalin, alpidin teure, midrabonin is different. But it's not linked to any debt. So he can't collect from that. He can't collect from mobile property. So this is the question. When the Egyptians, they owed money to the uh, Jews because they, oh, for all the labor. But, so they had a debt to them. But if they died in the water and then washed up on the shore, by that time, the heirs, the children of those Egyptians that died, will have owned all the gold and silver that was on the body of these dead Egyptians. Because it was on, they inherited them. So then the Jew wouldn't be able to collect from those gold and silver. So that's why Shem made it, that they would still survive. So while they're alive, you can collect from them because they're, they're still alive, right? They, they still own the, the gold and silver. So they owe them the money. So therefore, Hashem made it in such a way that the Jews could collect their wages and not uh, be, the wages wouldn't be lost because they inher- the heirs inherited them.